G'day mate, 40 here. So, one thing we often talk about in 12-step programs is, you know, I'm powerless over people, places and things. I'm powerless over my addiction to alcohol or to dating or under-earning or pornography or unhealthy relationships. So, at step one, there is admitting powerlessness over making appropriate good judgments for yourself in a certain area of life. And when you admit that powerlessness, you're not admitting you never have the capacity to make good judgments in this area. It just means that you don't consistently have the capacity to make good judgments, say, in the area of uh, dating or spending or earning or drinking or drugging. And... Uh, that having an appropriate sense of your own lack of power, right, is important. Like there are certain things that I'm I'm vulnerable to, that there are certain areas of life where I don't tend to make good choices, such as in love and romance and errors. Right, I have a lifetime of you know, poor choices in, in that arena. Uh, until the last few years, I've had a a poor track record with regard to earning money. Um, there have been two distinct occasions in my life where I maxed out my credit cards. So, on two occasions, I've had trouble with debt. And got the police doing their job here. Alright, get on the boys in blue. Okay, so recognizing your own lack of power, there's this great wisdom to that as long as it's accurate. Right? You don't want to underestimate the amount of power you have. So if you work for a business with a sizable number of employees, all right, you're not going to, you're highly unlikely you have to transform the business, but you know, one person does have the ability to wreck the social dynamic in a group, in a room, in a synagogue. Right? One person. Can, can poison a synagogue, a business, a room, a group, a community, a club. Right? So that's a tremendous amount of power. Like one person's bad decisions, you know, just one bad decision when they're driving can tie up and delay thousands of productive citizens. You know, one disruptive homeless person can significantly diminish the quality of life for hundreds of people. So, in many ways, it's a lot easier to have power when you do horrible things. Now, here's a dynamic that I notice in, among political dissidents. They tend to either have an exaggerated sense of their own power or underestimation of their own power. And I don't think either is the way to go. So, believing that you have the power to decide who's the next president of the United States, obviously, that's a dramatic overestimation of your own power levels. Even who, who you can you know, decide uh, will be the next U.S. senator from your state. Uh, someone I know who played a significant role in Alan Cranston's 1986 
senatorial victory by funding someone who would take votes away, I believe, from Ed Shao, the Republican, uh, because this person was concerned about Israel, well, that Ed Shao wasn't good for Israel, so he illegally funneled money towards uh, some candidate to you know, weaken the Republicans. So, yeah, one person with illicit funding can sometimes determine the U.S. Senate race. Uh, Donald Trump, right, came out of nowhere, mounted a hostile takeover of the Republican Party, and then took over the presidency of the United States. So, yeah, one person can, can do incredible things. And then, in our own lives, if we get enthusiastic about something, even if we never, ever, 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 ever push it on anyone else, right, it will often have a contagious effect. So if you take up weightlifting, right, probably 5 to 10% of men around you will be influenced to do something similar. If that's my experience, you take up jogging, people around you, there'll be some people around you who will be influenced by that. If you take up playing cricket, showing an interest in cricket, there'll be some people around you who will imitate that. If you start going to church or start going to synagogue or start practicing Judaism or Christianity, right, there'll be, even if you never promote it, push it, recommend it, prescribe it to anyone else, right, there'll, be, there'll be people around you who'll be affected and shifted and moved. So I think we underestimate our influence on other people as long as we avoid directing, prescribing, or pushing it on others, right? Since we start pushing, prescribing, directing others to, you know, they should go out and buy a new type of sheet. They should, you know, try eating a new food. <clears throat> or they should go see this doctor. Right? Usually unsolicited advice will push people away from whatever it is that you want to promote. But if you simply embody what it is that you're enthusiastic about, what has helped your life, Right, that radiates outward. So I think we tend to underestimate our influence on others. And we tend to overestimate our ability to directly control things. Right, we can influence people, but we have no idea where that influence will go. Okay, we can talk about a book that we're reading and someone else can start reading the same book and they recommend it to someone else and that can be rippling circles of influence moving out into the world that can be significant but we tend to, I think, overestimate the direct amount of influence we can wield when we're conscious of wielding it so, as with many things, when we're influencing unconsciously, we're at our most powerful. So when I tell myself I'm not walking, I'll tend to walk with more grace and ease. When I tell myself I'm not standing up out of a chair, I'll tend to arise from the chair more gracefully and easily. And so with, with influence, when we do it unconsciously, without any psychological or religious need to direct other people, but we just 
are happy in something that we've developed for ourselves, then yeah, that can have a big influence on others.